Welcome back to, oh, your favorite podcast and mine, Unemployed with Anna Roisman. Today, I was so unemployed, like in a good way. It was like a fun unemployed day. You know, I didn't even think about jobs or work or anything. Uh, and I can't wait for this episode. I think that's why I'm in great mood. I'm excited for this episode. I have one of my friends on. She's a new friend. I should say a pandemic friend, which doesn't happen often, but I'm thrilled it happened. Um, you might know her. She is a very funny comedian. She's also the host of non-technical podcast, which we're going to hear more about. She's also a very, very talented content creator. So funny. We've got Alexis Gay on the pod. Hello, hello. Hello, hello, Anna. I'm so happy to be here. I'm thrilled. I'm, I'm so happy. It's good to see you too, virtually, I know. you know? Yeah, I completely agree. <laughs> How was your day? Were you employed today? Were you... I was actually super employed today. Like Damn. I came out of the gate employed and then here I am still being employed. It was a big wow. employment day. A lot wow. of work, a lot of Con- emails. Congratulations. Thank wow. You. Ellen, Ellen was super employed today. I know that, right? Mm-hmm. You were on set all day. Yeah, I was on set. I've been on like 12 hour days, sometimes Ooh. longer. Wow. So. Not, not always fun, but no, no. <laughs> guys, I was so unemployed. I ate a huge lunch, you know, the kind of lunch where you split a side of, of, you know, another entree. And then I walked around and, and bought more food that I was like, well, I'm not hungry now, but maybe in a few hours and, yes. and brought it home. Uh, yeah, I, I went on a food tour, uh, basically. That's amazing. <laughs> That's I, lovely. A t- I ate a Mamoon's falafel in Washington Square Park like an NYU freshman. So Lovely. that was what I ate today. <laughs> like the NYU freshman I used to be. Oh, my fact. God. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> you know, hey, nostalgia. When you need it, go for it. That's- yeah. The nostalgia was hitting hard for sure. <laughs> I love that. So you're in your new apartment. You have Woo! moved around a lot. Um, yes. Wait, I want to talk how we were connected. Someone connected us over email. Yes. Randomly. Our mutual friend, Sarah Dooley, very talented musician. Yes, Sarah Dooley. Sarah's the best. Yeah. She should come on the pod. She's very funny. Oh my God, she should. She connected us over email because you were uh, transitioning careers, right? That's right. Which is very exciting for us here on Unemployed. It's inspiring. We love a Mm -hmm. career transition. You know, she specifically connected us because I said, I have this podcast idea and I want to start a podcast. And she (laughs) said, oh, you should talk to my friend, Anna. She has a podcast. And that is how, that is where it all began. And I probably said, don't do it. Why did you do it? (laughs) No, you gave me some good advice for sure. You gave me some good advice. And you told me about, uh, you told me about Ellen. You told me about the fact that you have a wonderful producer. And I was like, I should get me one of them. I do. Anna. That's so Ellen, nice. I said really nice things. Yeah, I said all these great things. I, you know, that because I don't ever tell her. So it's just thank you for bringing that. Of course, <laughs> no, <kidding>. yeah. <laughs> no, I do. She knows I appreciate her and love her. Um, so how's the pod going? Non-technical podcast. Give us the like. Yeah. Give us the spiel. So I love doing it, honestly. So my show, non-technical. I interview really like influential people from tech and business and media. But it's about everything except their resumes. In a way, it's sort of like the opposite of the show. But it's like, instead of asking, you know, an influential venture capitalist like Chris Saka, like, how did you decide on Uber? I'm like, do you believe in ghosts? Like, who do you think would play you in a movie? What's the smallest hill you're willing to die on? And it is like so fun because these are typically very ambitious, like very passionate people who never get to talk about themselves. Right. Yeah. And so for an hour, we just get to talk about them. I have literally made friends from having guests on the show. Oh, that totally. my guest of friend pipeline strong. 
That's awesome. Well, yeah. yeah. I always tell people afterwards, we always like exchange numbers and we're like, we need to get drinks. We need to hang out. Like I love, I, I make, this is how I make friends and yeah. keep them. Same. Um, but it is the opposite because I take comedians and people who've had the most bizarre jobs to get yes. to where they are. And I ask them all about that and nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. It'll be a nice foil. Yours sounds fun. I'm thinking like, what would I say if you were like, do you believe in ghosts? I'd probably say, absolutely. I'd go, I'd go hard You're on my firm, ghosts. Yes. Oh, I love a firm asked to that question. Yeah, I, do. I agree. Yeah, they exist. <laughs> I don't think they're all bad either. I, I actually think it's cool. I, I love like this time of year and horror movies and spooky season. Spooky yes. season. Oh spooky man, season. I thrive. I thrive. Do you like scary movies? I've, I don't, I can't watch a scary movie <laughs> if I'm going to be alone in the evening. Like if I'm staying at a friend's place, totally fine. Actually, that's not true. If I'm staying at a friend's place and I believe reasonably that we are not in danger, totally fine. For example, one of my friends, married couple, they live on the seventh floor of like a big amenities building on the Upper West Side. Mm -hmm. No one is coming to get us. They'd have to go through a doorman. It's way too high to scale. Like, totally fine. We can watch whatever home invasion nonsense we want. Wow. But if I'm staying, for example, where I'm from in Connecticut, in the middle of goddamn nowhere on a mountain, I, that's not <laughs> happening. We're throwing on Parks and Rec for the seventh time. There will be absolutely no horror movies being consumed. I love your checklist. Like, if a friend was like, you want to come over and watch a scary movie? And it's like, do you have a doorman? Tell me about your what house. What floor are you <laughs> that's on? That's correct. Yeah. <laughs> what are your HOA fees? What kind of, where are we? What are we doing here? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, my Smart. God. Um, well, congratulations on your new home. Thank uh, you. I should say. She just, you moved to Jersey City. Yeah. I did move to Jersey City. Which, that's awesome. Um, thank you for saying that's awesome. I would say that the, I've had people say right to my face, why? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh. Well, I'll say that off air. I just want to look really nice for our <laughs> listeners right now. You know You what look, I mean? you sound so nice. Um <laughs> It's no, I true, think it's really cool. You you even said to me, I think you texted me and you were like, mm -hmm. I was looking and this is a place I could afford and I really liked oh it God. and it's easy to get into the city and like, that's all you need. It really is. It's so easy and I'm very excited about owning it. And the thing, speaking of ghosts, it's a renovated convent. <gasps> that's cool. Yep. So this used to be a convent. And now it is 14 little apartments. And one of them is mine. That. And mine is the one that used to be the chapel. So there's all this stained glass. And there's like a raised part of the apartment where they clearly used to have the priest, the guy, whoever. Oh, the my God. Mm -hmm. That's very cool. Okay. I know. I'm now, stoked. Yeah, it makes sense. Now that I'm looking at it, I'm like, yeah, convent. You're, you're yeah. like, yes, I could picture some nuns in there. I okay, do yeah. like to think that we're they totally were like coming rebel over nuns, And we're going to drink wine and talk to the nuns <gasps> that, yes. you know, once were. Yes. Ooh, nun seance. I love that. <laughs> yeah. And we'll film it for TikTok. Uh, Perfect. <laughs> Content. That's great. Yes. We'll make some sweet tent. Um, but I want to talk a little bit about your pandemic because you uh, are a content creator. I feel correct. like, is that when you, you went super viral in, in, COVID, right? Or oh, was it before yeah. COVID? I mean, oh no. I was making things <laughs> online for several years, not like for no one technically. You know, people yeah. observed that I was making things. And I did maintain a YouTube channel for a while, which I put active effort into growing. But honestly, I started making really short form content on Twitter and Instagram during the pandemic because it was literally all my brain 
could process Mm -hmm. other things too much time too much focus too much patience I didn't have any of that living alone in a studio apartment in San Francisco working a full-time job in tech all I had in me were these little 60 second videos and it's just funny that what turned out to be the thing that ultimately helped me grow my audience was that those little bite-sized pieces would go viral and get me a lot of followers so cool. Mm-hmm. So dope. The park one. I remember that. Like oh, when yeah. Sarah connected us, I was like, I think I've seen her videos. Yeah, yeah. that's so cool. It's so that fun. Was, that was fun. People love, I should say to the listeners out there, people love when you tell them you've seen their content or you, you know, that's say correct. nice comments. Like <laughs> they we really appreciate. You know, I've been putting it's out videos really for a nice. thousand years. <laughs> that's it's, correct. Yeah, exactly. It's so nice, you know? And even, you know, if you want to put a mean comment, I know you do reactions to mean comments, but it's like mm. They're there. They're still watching you. You know, you got. You there. know, if someone writes something mean, I I never respond to mean anything. Or mm-hmm. I think we we talked about that, right? At some yeah. point, I just don't like to respond. But, um, you know, whoever is writing the mean thing should know that it helps the video because it totally. gives it more engagement. So if you really don't like me that much, you just shouldn't say anything. Follow my mom's rule. Don't <laughs> say anything you wouldn't put on the front page of the newspaper. Wow, that's a good mm-hmm. rule. Yeah. When people write mean shit on my TikTok, I write back. So you're obsessed with me, or. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. You love it? Like, yeah. Someone did today, actually, and I wrote that. I said, so you love it? And they That's wrote, hysterical. well, I followed you. And I was like, oh, my God. So you? <laughs> I will admit to you that I saw recently on the internet a tweet about me um, where I was tagged, which is always, like, lit. And it was like, <laughs> I don't like her. <laughs> <laughs> and that's fine. But I looked at who the person was and they follow me. <laughs> and I'm like, you're doing this to yourself, dude. It's You can get out of this situation. Like, no one is holding you here against your will. Yeah, always. I have a lot of HQ fans, I think, who will say mean stuff about me. But I'm like, whatever, they follow me. <laughs> yeah, I, I kept like, all right, You guys. want Scott over Emma? I'm so sorry. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I'm Text very him. happy to be here with Anna. Aw, I'm happy to have you. So, okay, you were in this place, pandemic happened, and you were working full-time, right, in San Francisco. Oh, yeah, big time. In the world of tech. Oh, Um, yes. And then you moved here. Like, I feel like we met when you were really in this, like, I'm changing my entire life right now. That is exactly when we met because I didn't even start the pod. I didn't. I started the podcast before I left my job at Patreon. Mm. And so when we say, like, oh, I had a job working full-time in tech, it wasn't just any job. The interesting thing about it was that it was a job that's, of course, relevant to what I do now. Patreon, mm-hmm. which you know this show is a Patreon platform is, that lets yes. artists and creators run their own membership businesses. And at the time, what I was doing was I had built out the this is so sexy. Wait, sorry. <laughs> Just like get ready. I built out <laughs> the business operations team on the go to market side and I was Ooh. running creator partnerships. I know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just like hold for applause, hold for applause. Um, <sighs> but the the creator partnerships team was like the sales team. And mm-hmm. so I was managing seven people and actually hiring people to that team throughout the pandemic to wow. make it bigger and bigger, to help more and more creators come on the platform. So by day, I was doing that. And then at night and on the weekends and before my first Zoom, I would be writing jokes for Twitter, filming videos, editing videos, all that stuff. 
I love it. You're a hustler. And that's, I admire that about you. I admire that about you. You're the same way. Thank you. Um, I think it's really cool though, that you listened to your gut and you Mm -hmm. were like, cause you had a cushy, cool job. I mean like Patreon's a great company. We love Patreon. (laughs) We love, (laughs) we love Patreon. We do. Come on people, check our Patreon out. Um, no. And it's just, I, I feel like so many people, and we talk about this a lot on the podcast. So many people Mm -hmm. have great jobs and their life is good and they're making money and they have benefits. But, you know, deep down, they really wish to be doing something else. And it's it's a scary thing to feel because then what? Then how do you even do that? And you did that. Mm. You're you you did that. And you have a new apartment now. Look at this. Well, you know, it's interesting because often people have asked me sort of like, how did you know it was the right time or what really made you make that what people could consider like a big decision? And it definitely is a big decision to leave a full-time job for a job with literally zero stability where you're fully self-employed. Also, I couldn't describe it at the time. Like my mom (laughs) would be like, so you're leaving to do, sorry, what is it? And I'd be like, well, we're going to figure it out. But basically, I have there's people on Twitter, they follow me, and I'm going to start a podcast, and it's going to be fine. And Mm -hmm. she was like, Jesus Christ. Um, But the thing is, you know, I wasn't going into every video I made, every joke that I wrote, thinking, oh, if only I could be doing this instead. I really wasn't. I earnestly – I mean, you can hear how earnest I am. Like, I earnestly – loved my job. And so the scariest thing was realizing that the balance between how much I loved making the videos and writing the jokes and how much I loved being a mm-hmm. manager, setting strategy, all that stuff, it just started to shift with time. Yeah. But the major inflection point was when I let myself ask the question, what if I did this? Mm-hmm. It was like a thing I had been refusing to even let myself consider, people would say, hey, your audience is like kind of growing. Have you ever really thought about it? Blah, blah, blah. And I'd say, no, no, I I really love my job, which was true. But it took letting myself actually look at that question in the face. And then I describe it as once you put that scroll on the table, all I really had to do is watch it unfold. Because Mm -hmm. with each conversation, with each action, with each choice that I made, it became clearer and clearer that this is what I had to do. That's awesome. And that was my question. I did have it written down. What, oh, what amazing. made you take the leap? What, what made you do what it? What it was, that. And I started the podcast because I didn't – I was afraid of what it would feel like to have truly nothing mm-hmm. on the calendar, no accountability. Yeah. You know. So I started the podcast, uh, launched it. Teaser went out December 2nd. First episodes went out on the 9th. And my last day at Patreon was the 31st of December. Wow. And so did they know ahead of time, like when you put it out, obviously, you know. Oh, we had like a two to three month transition plan in place. It was like a whole, it was a whole thing. I figured if you loved your job and the people you worked with and stuff, like that's, you know, that's cool. They were very supportive of it too. I really, you know, that's admirable. Something I think people don't realize, and I think this was true of myself early in my career because my whole career to date has been intact with the exception of what I do now, is that you, if you have the right kind of manager – and you have the right kind of relationship, you can actually have really open conversations about what your next step will be, whether that's mm-hmm. about growth, like getting promoted, or that's about leaving the company. It doesn't have to be this scary secret. Eventually, yeah. everybody leaves. And so my manager months prior, or even when we first started working together, said, you know what, Alexis, if you ever don't want to work here anymore, please just tell me. Mm-hmm. Come to me. We will figure it out. And so one day I said to her, 
okay, I'm just letting you know that I'm questioning whether this is the right role for me right now. And you asked me to come to you. Here's that conversation. I haven't made any decisions, but I'm mm-hmm. throwing it out there. That's awesome. So we actually worked on it together. My, my whole transition, all of that. That's so incredible. And it's so true. Like, I think we build it up for ourselves. Like, mm-hmm. I, you, you, when you said that, I had so many flashbacks of, like, working in jobs where I, I you know, I, I, I didn't want to tell them I had an audition. I didn't want to tell them I had to right, leave right, early. Right. And, I, and I stress out about it. And I I, th- I think, okay, well, I, my dog was sick last week, so I, I won't yeah. use that. I'll, I have therapy again. Yes, I'll use that. And, like, <laughs> I, was, I was a genius when it came to this. But it was so stressful for me mm-hmm. that then I get to the audition and I'm like, Am I even doing a good job? I'm like so worried. They're like, where is she again? You know, which yes. is a good thing, but it's also like, yeah, it's a, it's an it's a struggle. And if I could have just been like, hey, I have this audition. Mm-hmm. I'll be on my phone. I will work as much right. as I can for you. I have to go. Yeah. Like maybe they would have even been like, good luck. Go go get them, you know? Yeah. Open <laughs> communication is really something that I think is is under underutilized. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I still sound like I'm in tech. That, I, that I love gone. it. <laughs> I can't, I can't stop. I don't think it's a, say I, fuck. I just, just say, <laughs> fuck this. Say, say, <laughs> I mean, obviously I could. <laughs> it's more so that it's like, I, it's like a fuck. This is a vibe that I don't, I don't embody. You know yeah. what I mean? I embody it too hard where if I go into a tech company, they're like, yeah. Anna, please, please don't <laughs> with it the down. face. With the- <laughs> One time I did have a manager tell me, uh, Alexis, um, when you think an idea is stupid in a meeting, um, you can tell based on how your face looks. So <laughs> wow, okay. you might just want to, um, you know, and I was like, uh. okay, but honestly, <laughs> in my defense, sometimes ideas are dumb and it's not a secret that I feel that way. There you go. Mm-hmm. On, she's open and honest, always. Yes. Radical you know. candor, baby. You should have been like, <laughs> should, would you rather me raise my hand and say, actually, I find that idea to be right. very dumb. <laughs> well, I learned with time how to fix my face and then say, okay, what I really like about that idea is X. Something that comes to mind for me is mm-hmm. Y. Wow. Mm, there you go. She like that. Positive at first and then slides in the <laughs> Look, criticism. Attend enough management <laughs> training seminars and eventually you too can sound like a This robot. is good. This is real. I'm going to use that in my relationship. You know, yes, when, I, exactly. when, when I see Jared and there's something I really want to just say about mm-hmm. something, I'm going to mm-hmm. just be like, start with I, the positive. Yeah. What I like about you is this and mm-hmm. then feed him the, the criticism. <laughs> That's exactly right. They'll never see it coming. She's teaching us everything. Oh my God. I'm here. I'm here. So I want to take it back. I love talking to, you know, I think you're you're doing incredible things right now, but I love learning about people when they were younger. And yes. I want to take it back to like teenage Alexis. I want to know what was like the first job you ever had? Okay. So first job where I had a, you know, W9 would have been working at my friend's mom's candy shop when I was 16. Nice. But prior to that. W9 at 16. (laughs) Yeah, right? Because you have to, because we were like, it was like on the books. Damn. Um, But I would say the first time that I was ever paid for work would have been when I was really young, like I think 10, PowerPoint was becoming a thing. (laughs) 
And I knew just as much about it as my dad who uh-huh. needed PowerPoints for business. And so he would pay me to make PowerPoint presentations <laughs> for his very legitimate company. That's so amazing. So that was one job. Yeah. And then I wow. would I hope. So you that really did the first start one. in tech. That is I, such <laughs> major. I like to keep it on brand. And I, you know, what can I say? <laughs> That's so funny. And are they like, wow, what a great presentation. And he's like, mm, my, my 10-year-old Yeah, exactly. Daughter. He's like, yeah. Well, you know what? Honestly, it was basically like I signed all the rights away to those presentations so he could have done whatever he wanted. He could have claimed them as his own. And he created me and I created them. So in the wow. end, I would say – that he did create those presentations. I just picture him being like, hey, um, we have another one tomorrow. And you're like, dad, yeah. I've got some long division <laughs> to do for homework. Literally. <laughs> yeah, That's it was so it funny. Was a time. Mm-hmm. Um, do you still make presentations for your parents? or Not for my parents. Okay. I did whip together a, a proposal deck recently, a couple days ago. But nice. I've, I've upgraded. I've started using Canva because it's more Me fun. Too. I yeah. love Canva. Even though I pay for um, – I have – what's it called? Adobe. Uh, mm-hmm. I still like Canva. I love Canva. I edit on Premiere, but I like to do my, you know, uh, what's it called? Like all the, um, I can't speak right now. I don't now. know, the pizzazz, the graphics? Graphics, thank you. Yeah. I'm, I'm lost for words on Canva. It's fun, right? You're still stuck on how well I said um, underutilized earlier. Mm, I think that's yeah. what it was. You were just like, <laughs> oh my God, wow. <laughs> this woman was popular. Yeah, hell Yeah. Uh, making all those pa- – yeah, she couldn't hang out with friends. She was too busy in the, in the world of PowerPoint. <laughs> making my making these PowerPoints on my uh, Windows 98 or whatever. Aw. So, okay, the candy store. How long did you work at this candy store? For a, one entire summer. I was 16. Nice. It was the summer, I think, between – junior year and senior year or maybe sophomore and junior year of high school. A notable thing about this time is that I had a pixie cut and we had to wear visors. So if you're looking to conjure a visual, it's 16-year-old me with a tiny little pixie cut and a visor and an apron serving gelato and just the most expensive chocolate-covered gummy bears you could possibly imagine. (laughs) I bet you were so cute. I am so glad that you thought that. Approximately zero other people did except for <laughs> Ready Scandal. There was a boy I had a huge crush on who I worked with, but he was older than me. And sometimes he would drive me to work. And it was like the highlight of my life. Aww. The days that this guy would drive me. Oh, my, I still remember. I'm, I remember <laughs> how good it felt for him to be like, oh, yeah, we have like the same shifts tomorrow if you want to ride. Oh, <gasps> uh. Magical. Did you ever tell him? Did did this fall into like a, a workplace relationship? Or? No, he was too old for me for it to be an appropriate situation, I believe, at the time. But later, we were both living in New York and we went out and <gasps> it was the best thing in the whole world. And I was so happy. I love this story. It was honestly really great. We only went out the one time and I don't even really know if it was technically a date, but... It was, uh, it was, it was like, I, I, I don't know how to describe it. Cause it's like when you're 16 and you just have such a crush on somebody that you're like, oh yeah, I also love that Bob Dylan song, which like I did, but you know, I like whatever. And it was so great. And then as an adult to like go out with this person, that was the best. That's so cool. What does he do or what did he do? And I don't know what he him? does. I, I don't remember. It was several years ago. Um, I can't remember now what he does. He's probably still in New York. 
Okay, wow. Well, I hope you guys get to meet again and then, you know, it's a real date. I don't know why, but I love I love the idea of you being with someone you're like, well, we actually worked together when I was 16 ah, at a candy so shop. <laughs> yes. Um, well, I guess we'll find out. Life is life is long and life is short. So maybe we'll he, see what, what our story is there. Maybe he listens to the podcast. You know, you never maybe know. He, you know what's funny is that I've given zero identifying information about him, which is obviously with intention, but if he were to hear it, he would immediately know who it was, right? Because there's like only one person <laughs> that that could possibly be. So to the rest of the world, he's like anonymous person. And then to, to him, he's like, oh, that would that is me for Fingers sure. Fingers crossed. Hey, the internet <laughs> is a wild place. You never know, you know. I'll Someone... text him a link. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. All right. So you worked in this candy shop. Yes, you were making money. You were mm-hmm. very professional. It sounds like it was a fancy shop in Connecticut. It was a very fancy shop. This was right over over the border between Connecticut and Massachusetts. Lovely. And I scooped gelato and Italian ice and ice cream and I stocked things and all that. But, you know, I took the job because I wanted a very fancy electric guitar. And mm. this was how I was going to earn money to purchase said guitar. And then I ended up accepting so many hours that I wouldn't have any time to play it anyway. So I didn't bother <laughs> buying it. And I just saved all that money. <laughs> oh, wow. I that know. was my next question is I wanted to know at this time in your life, like, what was your, you know, creative creative brain thinking? Mm-hmm. Like, did you have any kind of itch for the arts yet? Mm. Or was it mostly tech mm. and candy, you know? Well, it's so funny because I've I've always just been split right down the middle, you know, as much as I was interested in having really great grades and being an academic nerd or whatever, prioritizing that kind of stuff. I was just as passionate about being in the school play or the reason I wanted the guitar is that I was a songwriter and I would write my little songs about other boys that weren't in love with me. (laughs) And (laughs) there was a theme. There's a definite theme to the songs. (laughs) <laughs> they were and, all in love with you. They were, you were just uh, No, they really, Anna, it. I promise you they weren't. She's and so everybody cute. Says There's that. no fucking way. Oh, I, we'll call them up. Is there a dial-in on this podcast? Let me, Actually, I got names do, and numbers here, baby. We Trust me. We do take calls. Yeah, yeah. We have but, all the men lined up, actually. That comes in a couple minutes. So I can't, honest, <laughs> honest to God, I would really love to be able to just inquire, like, hey, so-and-so, I had such a crush on you. Like, don't you think that could have worked out, maybe? Maybe this is our project. I'm really good at setting people up. I would listen to that. That sounds great. I have done lots of matchmaking. No joke. The unemployed show we used to do unemployed matchmaking. And I have set up people and they have had lots of sex. That's hysterical. So I'll just say that because I don't think anyone's still together. But if you want, because we talked about doing something together. If you want, we can do. That'd be so hysterical. We can call all of your old crushes and I'll be your life coach. That would be. And just be like, did you know that I had a crush on you? And if so, why did you never have a crush on me? And I'll mediate this. Yeah. Yeah. So if it gets awkward, it won't get awkward. You know what I mean? I kind of love this idea. That would be so fun. Um, All right, we're doing it. It's done. Okay, moving on. Put it out there. Back to you. It's it's out in the universe now. The listeners are going to want it from both. They are. So Um, I was always really into both, and I. It's interesting because. And now I'm going to sound like, you know, I'm answering like a prepared, like I'm on Oprah, but I, you know, truly like <laughs> Thanks, that. I'm honored, actually. <laughs> I, it, I feel like I'm on Oprah. That's probably why I sound like I'm on Oprah is because I'm like, this is literally as big as Oprah. And she is my biggest inspiration. <laughs> exactly. Like Anna literally is Oprah to me. And I've always said that. Um, I just, that like, I don't even want to say the word like, in that duality, but like truly having both of those things be true forever, that intersection 
has always been true for me, you know? And so it was honestly hard. When I grew up, I was like, I'm going to be an actress. That's the plan. That's all I want. But then... I, all, I I couldn't like give into it all the way. I even had a drama teacher in high school say, you know, when we were emailing back and forth about you being in the program, you were so passionate. You were so like all in. I really thought you were going to show up and just be all in about this. But since you've gotten here, you're in it, but you're not all the way in it. And first of all, um, rude. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But this was in high school? In high school, like, yes. Calm down. Was really intense high school. Um But second of all, she was right. That's the truth. I was never 100% committed. And I I didn't know at the time that that was for a good reason, which is that my heart was not 100% there. Mm -hmm. But then academically, I was never satisfied just being into academic stuff. Like creative stuff has always called to me when I had the option to like write papers in history class. I was like writing about the history of music during whatever time. And so that was always there going back and forth. But Mm -hmm. at the time, the plan was I'm still going to go to college. I'm going to get a degree, but I'm going to be an actress. Okay. Mm -hmm. I honestly, I think it's also, you're very smart. um, And I think that growing up, I was told, because I was like, I'm going to be an actor. You can't stop me. And Mm. uh, I didn't care as much about school. And Mm. I think that people used to always say, if you want to do anything else besides acting, do that because yes, acting I is that literally mm-hmm. entering the fucking lottery. Yes. And if your card is pulled, oh baby, you're going to the big, you know, leagues. That's right. If not, <laughs> it's a hard life, you know? Yes. It's a hard life of finding out where you're going to get your benefits from. Where mm-hmm. how, how are you going to make yourself, you know, how are you going to become an adult? It's really um Yeah. Yeah, it's it's tough. And I got that same advice too. And yeah. I, I I even said to that person, "No, no, I I it's what I want." And in the back of my head I was like, "I know." I know that I know for real <laughs> that there's other stuff I could do. Oh my god. But it's so funny when teachers say it to you, when when a teacher says anything to you that is alarming, it mm-hmm. sticks with you. Yeah. Like I have these yeah, I have some lines from teachers from like second grade that I'm like, I can't believe that bitch said that to it me. It really then. does. And mm-hmm. also, I have friends who are teachers now and I just want to be like, be careful. Like you don't know what you can do. <laughs> it sticks. It totally sticks. And honestly, I think that only, I hate to say it, but it probably fueled this duality that you had mm-hmm. even more where you were like, wait, she's right mm-hmm. in, in that I'm not fully in there because I do have this other passion. And I, mm-hmm. I know this is probably more sustainable for me uh, to make money and like live a good life, but well, I, I still want it. insisting to myself and to everyone around me that I was going to be an actress all the way through up until I graduated from college. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want to be a drama major. That was a big decision point was, do you go and major in drama or do you do something else? What did you major in? So I went to Gallatin at NYU, which is for Mm -hmm. individualized study where you get to make up your own, what we call a concentration, Mm -hmm. which is like, think I I can't imagine a more perfect program for me. And in fact, I literally couldn't because I applied early decision because I looked at 14 schools and this was the only one where I was like, oh, that is for me. Totally. Having to know you, I'm like, she knows what she needs. This girl will put together the exact (laughs) program that she needs to get out of this school right now. And somehow it worked. And for that reason, I chose I, I chose the school because I was able to be immersed in the arts and take 
acting classes and I was, you know, on the same floor as a bunch of Tish kids. And so when they needed an actress for their film projects, like, you know, my number would get passed around. And so I'd still get to like perform and act. And I worked occasionally with an acting coach and that was tremendously impactful for me because I was always like, okay, I'm going to be an actress, but I'm also going to get a business minor. Mm -hmm. So I got a business minor in the business of entertainment, media and tech. And that's what I shaped my concentration around. But I'm like, but I'm going to be an actress. So Mm -hmm. this is all not going to matter. I'm going to get a bunch of A's though. You know what I mean? <laughs> and then I, I, I can't explain it really because I graduated from NYU and I said, okay, it's, uh, it's, it's acting time. It's time to act. Uh, well, I'm going to get a job so that I can make some money. And what I did is I took an internship, a paid internship at a tech startup. Mm-hmm. that I said to myself, well, if it's paid hourly, it'll enable me to, like you were saying earlier, audition when I want because it's right. hourly. And then I showed up and day one, I fell in love with the tech startup entrepreneurship environment because it was one of the first times that professionally I felt like I was re- immediately rewarded for hard work, which mm-hmm. is not always true. In yeah. fact, rarely true in acting. Mm-hmm. In any creative field, I feel like you don't get rewarded. It's You still aren't the best. You know, you still have to work harder. Um, I think the, the internet has actually changed that a little bit because the internet has a different reward structure than traditional Hollywood. Yes. However, is it healthy for me? You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> I don't know about that. You know, you post Definitely. something and you are check, 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 refresh, refresh, check, check, check. No matter how much you wish you didn't do it, mm. you do, right? It can be challenging. Whew, yeah, it's a beast. Um, Sometimes what I would do when I would have trouble resisting that urge is that I would do it right before I would go to sleep. And then I would just go to sleep. Wow. <laughs> so then I can't check it because I'm asleep. What a letdown, though, to wake up and be like, six people liked this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then I didn't spend like 10 hours waiting and watching it go one like. Right. Two likes. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'd rather find out all at once. And then, hey, you know what? Honestly, that's six. There There you go. go. Works for me. We'll make the next one better. I love it. I like this attitude. So I think it's fascinating that you walked into this internship that you were like, nah, it's an internship, whatever. Yeah. I'll just, I'll just, I'll be an actor. Mm-hmm. And you loved it. That oh this God, is the opposite it. of anything I have ever experienced or heard <laughs> in my life. <laughs> no, I really, it's fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so tell me about it. How long were you there? Did you end up working for them or? Oh yeah. I actually, I, I showed up and first of all, I'm so glad that they hired me. And I had had some internships in college. It wasn't totally out of left field that they hired me. But mm-hmm. at the same time, it wasn't like a slam dunk either. I mean, this was a tech startup. It was also 2013 where I think getting a job super, super entry level at a tech startup, you didn't have to prove as much about what you'd done before. It felt like it was a lot right. more about what you were willing to do. Absolutely. Could, were they looking at someone that they could train and who would show up and work really hard? And that I was all of those things. Mm-hmm. So basically, I just like showed up early and stayed late and was super nice to everyone. And then anytime anyone needed anything, I was like, I'll do that thing. And so that honestly, that attitude, especially at that time in tech, that's all you really needed to start growing your career. Mm-hmm. And so within like, I think my eight, on my eighth day or my 10th day, they were like, do you want to be an account manager? And I was like, yes. What is an account manager? <laughs> and so that's how I became an account manager at the company. And I ended up working for them for 
three years. So cool. I left in the middle. I did leave in the middle though. And I went and I worked at a different startup. I didn't like it. And I came back. (laughs) Ooh, Ooh, she took a break. We're on a break. I I just like, we went on a break. And then sometimes you go on a break and what you realize on the break is that you really valued that work environment. Wow. That's important. And that's Mm -hmm. awesome. They took you back too. And they weren't like- my manager was like, I told her, or my, she's still a good, she's like a close friend of mine. I saw her for mm-hmm. dinner a couple weeks ago. I like love her, love her kids. She was like, when I told her I was unhappy at that startup, she said, oh, come back. And I was like, oh no, I can't. Come on. You know, like picture that. I had left. I was like, goodbye. You'll right. never <laughs> see me again. You know, I left <laughs> on good terms, but you don't want to like go back. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I simply cannot come back. She's like, no, you you can definitely come back. And then she full on crafted the perfect role for me. And she said, you only have to do it for three months and we'll give you your health insurance back. And if you find another job while you're working here, you can take that one. I just ask you stay for three months. Oh my God. Can you believe Dream that? Dream manager. Wow. And then, so I ended up staying for at least another year and a half after that. That will, that her name is Vanessa Liu, and she's like absolutely one of the most incredible people on the face of the planet. She was the first person that hired me, and then she did that, and now she's still someone I call. That's I mean, so nice. Yeah, is she hiring? I'm, I'm curious. <laughs> she sounds amazing. She That's really, really is cool. an amazing manager. I got super lucky. That's awesome. That's great. Yes. Um, It's funny, when you said that, I was thinking of, like, the first person who ever hired me. It was for a restaurant job in college. Mm. And whenever I go back to Boston, I go to the restaurant if she's there because she still works there. Like, we're still friends and we're friends on Facebook. And I go and I see her and they'll, like, you know, they'll give me, like, a special, like, champagne or something and, like, make me feel special. And I'm like, it's so nice that these people hired me when I was, like, a fuck up at, you know, 19 years old. Yeah, that's amazing. They still (laughs) are there, my friends, you know. That is really cool. Do any of them reach out to you now, like, seeing your stuff online? Are they ever, like, they'll comment. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That I'll always comment. that tickles me. I'll get I got a DM from somebody who I think I I interned for in college and she was just like, Hey Alexis, you probably won't see this. Just wanted to say, like, love seeing your stuff. You know, Aww. you used to intern for me. And I was like, obviously, of course, I remember interning for you. Like, first of all, that's a very memorable thing. Yeah. Working for someone. Absolutely. Especially an internship. <laughs> right. Yes. No. And I wore my little, I wore like little blazers. I've I used to have a very robust blazer collection. Yes. Oh. Uh, I love it. I have a good blazer collection, mostly from HQ suits. Mm. It's funny. When I got the job at HQ, it was very viral at the time. So I had old people like reach out and say, I play it. Like I've seen you on yes, it. And yes. that felt really nice to, That's I'm nice. like, I'm like, yeah, I'm not in a restaurant right now, huh? Cool. <laughs> but, yeah. You know, uh, but I'm on your phone. So <laughs> I'm like, cool. Thanks. Continue to play. Thank you. <laughs> Oh my God. That's a really nice thing. You, it seems like you have such the, you had the right attitude at the right time. And Mm -hmm. like, it just propelled you into this awesome career that you've had. It definitely feels like it benefited. It, it, it benefited me a lot to say yes to stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, and to not have a lot of ego about the stuff I was saying yes to early on in my career. Mm-hmm. at Intech specifically. I think that, and I think that actually I would even say that trying not to have an ego for the rest of my career has benefited me a lot as well, both in tech and outside of it, because that's when I have, when I have had the most trouble with clouded decision-making is when I've had the most ego. Wow. 
No wonder. Because you're just sort of like. I just blame it on being a Gemini. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. yeah. I'm a Capricorn. A shock. Spoiler alert. Big Uh, plot twist. (laughs) Can you tell we're both Geminis? Like, can you tell? (laughs) I love that. I really don't know that much about astrology. I just know that people often say to me. You're such a Capricorn. And I'm like, okay, I I know enough to know that's not a compliment, but thank you. It's okay. People it are like always like, I hate Geminis. Geminis suck. They're What's like, What's wrong you know, with Geminis? Uh, we're, we're, what are we? We're two faced. Two faced, yeah. Yeah, we have two personalities. That just sounds like your dynamic to me. Yeah, thank exactly. You. Absolutely. Oh, thank yeah. You. But then they're always like, they'll stab you in the. I don't stab anyone in the back. I've I don't never think you would that. do that. Mm-mm. You would no. never. No. Neither would you, Ellen. I can but it is tell. hard to make never. a decision. I have a, a lot of trouble mm. making a decision. I will mm. put on six outfits sometimes okay. before I leave my house. And that's it's, a Gemini thing? I think so. Okay. I do love an off, some office gossip, too. That's probably a Gemini thing. Ooh, hot goss. <laughs> yeah. Some water cooler talk, you know? We all love a little hot goss. The best type of hot goss at the office is goss that you have to pull your coworker into a small conference room to discuss. Oh, yeah. yeah. We're having that's, a meeting. That's Juicy. when you know you're yeah. about to get something really good. Mm-hmm. We always had goss at our company, and I felt like – because we worked Ellen it was just me and Ellen in the studio together like mm-hmm. that was our moment to like say anything oh, but I'm also that. like they probably can hear us yes <laughs> it's really hard to do this in open plan offices which all startups are they're yes. all these big open offices so and yet we all found a way you yeah, gotta find <laughs> you have to have a one-on-one a coffee walk that's oh, another yes. way you know oh. if you're in New York that's when you're getting the real juicy. Someone's quitting. Yeah. Like if someone is like, hey, do you want to go on a walk? Like shit is about to go down. Oh my God. I'm feeling so nostalgic for the office right now. (laughs) This is great. I have that effect on people. (laughs) Where were these jobs? Were you in New York when you had this this amazing job that took you back or were the amazing job uh that took me back was all in new york yes uh, oh, in, cool. in what i what i think people have tried to make uh silicon alley happen have you heard that term <laughs> yeah, in la yeah Oh, no. No, in, in New York. That's oh, Silicon Beach. Yes, that's friend. what I was thinking oh, yeah. <laughs> No, Silicon Alley is even more try hard, but it's in it's in the Flatiron area. Right, mm-hmm. okay. Um, so that's where the first one was. And then I moved out to San Francisco after that because I, I wanted to do more tech. I said, she said. I get <laughs> it, Fist at Sky. Yes. Like, I worked in tech. I told you I worked at yeah. a VC firm for totally. four and a half years. And... It's exciting. And you're always hearing about the newest, biggest companies and this person and they got a huge investment and like they're growing and they're hiring. Mm -hmm. And it's it's very like addicting in a way where you're like, I need I need to know more. And every day my parents would be like, are you interested in VC yet? But I'd be like, like, no, no. (laughs) I mean, I think back now and I'm like, "Ah, I should have been, you know, my bosses were really good to me and nice people. Mm. But, you know, I had a one track mind and I still do. And that's you have to even if soup. you had tried to force yourself to do it it's especially something like venture capital or like comedy they're so all consuming you have to go all in yeah that's you really of, do like i made my choice too like i had to go all in because you i didn't i i'm not in the business of being okay at two things yeah you know it's very it's very hard to spread yourself that thin and feel good about either thing exactly. that you're doing. I, yeah. I totally agree with you. You know, Anna, you could always be an angel investor. 
I could. Thank you. Yeah. I'd <laughs> so, like to be. Yeah. We'll talk. Uh, okay. Have your people call my people. I, I, I sound <laughs> like an angel investor yet. I'm like, yes, absolutely. Uh, you should I've, say. You should say if you want to sound like an angel investor, you should say. Oh, that's yeah. I'd be interested in putting some small checks, some small checks in. <laughs> Actually, yeah. see if if they're looking for any strategics, I could be a strategic. Okay, okay. Yeah. I could be a strategic. Is this a Series A uh, funding? Uh, yes, that's yes. good. Are they on, are they are they're doing an A round? Yeah, I could put a strate- I could put a small strategic check into that A round. There yes. we go. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Oh my god! I just saw that movie the other night, and this reminded me of it. The the eyes of Tammy Faye. Have you guys? No, I haven't seen it. Is it oh. good? I told Ellen to go Not see yet. it. Yeah, so Jessica Chastain, she better win an Oscar for it. It was so, she was so good. Oh my but god, I love. They her. are just begging for money this whole entire <laughs> movie. and like there's a guy and they're like driving him around and it's so funny because I remember when like the investors would come into the office I worked mm-hmm. at and they were like they were like well we need a reservation here and it has to be you know at this time yep. and this table and it was like all oh, like the pressure's on it's like a date it's like you want to yep. schmooze them. Um, Okay, back to you. So you moved to San Francisco. You are hungry for more tech. Yes. Is that when you got the job? Did you move there to work for Patreon or were there other places? No, I moved there to work for a different company that I found because I had – I decided – I made it up in my head – I want to move to San Francisco because I want to go further into tech. And this was in roughly – this was 2016 when, yes, New York tech was definitely booming. The startup scene was big. Mm-hmm. But but San Francisco was still the mecca. That was still yeah. the place to go. That was, you know, when literally Silicon Valley was airing on HBO first couple seasons, you know. It was becoming a big part of the zeitgeist. The social network had come out in, like, 2010. Tech was starting to enter the mainstream in, like, a really big way. And mm-hmm. San Francisco had what felt like a magnetic pull for me to go be closer to it. Um, and also I had gone to NYU and been in New York for three years after that. And I was like, I'm 24 and I've been in New York for seven years. And I was from the, I'm from the East coast. I'm from Connecticut. So I was like, if I don't leave now, yeah, yeah, Mm -hmm. I felt if I don't leave now, I truly might never leave. And it's not that there's anything wrong with that, but it's that I was starting to walk around Manhattan and feel bored. Mm -hmm. And if you're bored in Manhattan, I do think it is a you problem. I don't Mm -hmm. think it's a New York problem. And so I thought I'll go to California and like become chill, which is hilarious. But (laughs) I went out there, um, I made a spreadsheet of every job and every company I could possibly apply for and anyone I had connections to at any of these companies. And this is my process for getting a job. Extremely (laughs) chill. Like, completely (laughs) cool girl vibes. I'm picturing Um, you, like, in, like, you know, uh, putting together, like, in Homeland when they're trying to, like, track down, you know, the murder. And she has, like, her her entire board up of everyone she's ever met and where she met them and stuff. I just, two, three simple sheets. The companies I would work for, the job positions that were available, and the people that I knew. But the reason that I did this is that I was, like, there's got to be more companies that I haven't heard of. Anyway, this is not interesting. The point is that I made it like a process. I was like, I know what I want. Mm-hmm. I'm going to find a company that will hire me slash pay for me to move to SF because that was a big part of it. Mm-hmm. And so finally, I got a job offer and I was like, they were like, so you going to take it? And I was like, so are you going to pay for me to move? And they were mm-hmm. like, oh. Maybe. And I was like, okay, great. Let me know. And because I like, you know, I could get a different job. And then finally they were like, okay, we'll give you, we'll give you money to move. And I was That's like, great. I'll accept. Amazing. That's the problem out there. Yeah. It, I mean, the thing is though, there's, um, at the time, especially because we were not fully remote, I, it's it's not that it's common, but it is negotiable. And Absolutely. if you hold firm and make it very clear that that's the only condition under which you'll accept the job, but you know, 
It wasn't that. It wasn't tragic. Tragically hard. But yeah. anyway, I moved out there. I was at a company called Twilio for a year, which is an amazing company, API for cloud communications, which again, like the sexiest kind of API. Wow. Um, and Ellen, then, did you understand any of what she just said? <laughs> a little bit. I, I got the cloud part. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, exactly. Because that's um, where I am. <laughs> <laughs> because you're a what? Angel mm-hmm. investor. I'm an angel investor, yeah. Um, has a ring yeah, to it. I ended up leaving after a year and taking some time to figure out why I didn't want to work there. And I'd say the main reason was that like I just didn't care about API for cloud communications. Like that just wasn't where my passion I'm sorry. was. I'm if you pulling can out my it, investment, actually, and unfortunately, damn, I, yeah, damn. I thought I was gonna really clench that, clench that check. If, but if you can pay for my move, then we'll, <laughs> there we go. We can renegotiate. <laughs> but the taking time off part was like a valuable part of the journey because it was after Twilio and before Patreon that I started making videos uh, mm. online actually, as a way to be unemployed that didn't feel, um, like, useless. Yeah. But wasn't quite looking for another job because I wasn't ready to look for another job yet. Because I didn't totally understand why that one didn't work. I was like, what? This was the plan. This was a great plan. And it But I think your brain, creatively, you were, like, bubbling in there. And you were like, I need to be doing something more for this part of me, like, this side of me, right? I think in retrospect, didn't it didn't matter looks where like you I, were, what you were working on. It was just like you had to do that. Totally. I mean, in retrospect, it looks like I planned out my life like mwah, chef's kiss perfectly, but <laughs> it truly was like just one step at a time trying to figure out like, oh, well, that didn't feel right. Okay, try something else. Oh, that feels good. Do more of that. Mm-hmm. But looking back, it looks like I drew this like gorgeous map to where I am today, which is like so not the case at all. Well, that's just what we see. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's that's all anybody ever sees. Mm-hmm. Like it's it, it's all fake. I mean, it's yes. not fake, but it, you know, we give you the best the best highlights you can yes, agreed. ever ask for. Um, I think that's really cool that you took that time off. Like, and it's funny because when I got when I was laid off from my job at the VC firm, that was when I started the unemployed show because I was like, mm. I'd, I've never not had a job since freshman year of college. I've worked consistently, and I was wow. like. Well, I'm on, I have the severance package. So I'm going to just start a full three camera uh, studio show from my apartment. And we're going to talk to people about not having jobs. And that was where this whole thing fucking started. So it was like, same thing where I needed, that's why we're friends, because I needed that time to like, figure out like, what do I really love to be doing? It really helped me become a better host because I was making myself host a show every week Mm -hmm. live. And you Mm -hmm. know, you don't have room for editing. <laughs> it was, I mean, it was, I'd make content too. I made a lot of videos, but still it was this, it was a beast. And I think it honestly led to me getting like my job at HQ because I was kind of, you become fearless at, at being like live and on, you know what I mean? You don't think about yes, it. You don't, I'm you don't sure that seems worried. like a very direct correlation between the two. And I relate a lot because I don't think I would have gotten the job at Patreon if I wasn't able to sit there and say, not only do I have a business development skill set and background, but I understand the mindset of what it's like to create stuff to online. Make stuff. Yeah. That's a very cool pivot you did because it, it's a company that I think of as super creative. Obviously, mm-hmm. there is a business side to Patreon yes. and they run a huge, yeah. a huge, you know, mecca of, of all these creators. But totally. like, that's so cool that you found the right place to like go after that when you were like, okay, I've had enough time. Mm-hmm. I want to make some money and like 
feel like I'm yeah. working every day probably. <laughs> it's funny though, because at the very beginning of the five months that I was unemployed between those two jobs, my friend said, oh my God, you have to look at Patreon. This is the perfect company for you. Wow. And I was like, first of all, nobody's going to do that. That sounds like a nonprofit. Um, that's not going to be successful and I want no part of it. Mm -hmm. And so that was awesome. And then several months later, I was like, wait, Patreon is cool and also crushing it. And the I actually, the truth is that I knew I wanted to work at that company, but they didn't have any jobs open that seemed even remotely like what I wanted to do or was qualified for. Mm -hmm. But I really wanted to get my foot in the door. So I found something that was close enough, which was community manager, which mm -hmm. is a role that's extremely important at a company like Patreon, where you have a lot of um, users and you're building a community. You want to make sure that the community is happy. Uh, and I, I up updated, we'll say I updated slash edited my resume to make, to draw out the piece of my experience that would make it look like I could maybe do this job. You I would never it, yeah. lie. I would absolutely never lie. It's just, we gave it a little tune up in the community manager direction. Sure. We tuned it to the key of community manager. Okay. And so then I applied for this job and they put me through the recruiter screen, which I passed. And then I got to the hiring manager and the hiring manager was so clearly like, what the fuck? And so she goes, um, yeah, so I have some questions. Well, okay, <laughs> let's just get started. <laughs> I was just like, God yeah. damn it. And I knew that it that wasn't going to work out. But because I applied for that role, at the end of it, um, I had been able to connect with a friend of a friend who worked at Patreon. And in preparing for that interview, he told me he was about to start hiring for his team, which was creator partnerships. And so even though I didn't get the community manager job because LOL was not qualified, thank God they didn't hire me. Right. This guy, whose name is Bremner Morris, hired me, ended up being one of the best managers of my life and is now a dear friend. And I just had him on my podcast because now he's the CEO of a crypto company. Whoa. Look at that. Look at that. That's Life so comes cool. at you fast, man. And you never know who's going to be where, in what company, in what position, who's it's hiring. Wild. You have to really like befriend, you know, to a degree, befriend people you work with. You don't know, you know, like yes. do the best you can to get along with people and, and be nice, be kind, introduce oh, yourself yeah. to everyone. It's so important. That's such a cool story. I love that you really wanted to work for this company. So you were like, I will get in. Exactly. <laughs> I will manage this community. I Nobody will fool them. Me for community management. That would have been bad. But I'm glad that it all worked out. And then I was at Patreon for three, almost three full years. So I awesome. got so lucky. I joined when it was 125 people. I left when it was about 240. And now wow. it's growing even more than that. They were just valued uh, like six months ago at like $4.1 billion. Holy wow. shit. That's wow. awesome. Yeah. I mean, it is great. The, the company. I feel like for any creator out there, I love it. I mean, I think it's all, you know, I should say I don't. Guys, I don't have enough patrons uh, for this podcast, but yeah. we love you and we want you. But I yes. do think for the very successful ones, I mean, mm. it's incredible. It's yeah. like what people needed. What else and would we be doing? The thing also that I think people sometimes get wrong, the thing that I certainly got wrong, right? Because my first idea was, oh, it's a nom. It's like for donations. Like that's never going to work. No one's going to do that. 
And honestly, true. If everything was framed as like make a donation, I don't think it would be successful. Mm -hmm. However, it's not that. It's about membership and it's about subscription. And it's about what I would tell creators is like a value for value exchange. And so like, Anna, you have fans who love you and who love the show because obviously you're great and it's great. And what they can do to get more of it is pay. And if they want less of it, they don't have to pay. And so it's not like, oh, please, could I have $1? It's more Mm -hmm. like, oh, I made more of this thing that you like. Do you want some of it? Okay, yeah. here's how much it costs. And that's why I also why like the to think of it as successful. if you're going to pay money to come see a show of mine, to come see me do yes. comedy or whatever. Yes, like exactly. This is, you know, we are in a digital world where Hell people yeah. make podcasts, people make videos, you know, and it pay, it costs a lot to do these things. So yep. I totally, it totally does. <laughs> so it's just does. a way that's to a support. Point. Yeah, totally. I love talking to people who are on Patreon. It makes me so happy. Aw, well, you made me feel better about it because I'm always trying to get, you know, I, it's funny because I feel like I don't put too much on there. I could put more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I always ask people, what do you want? Like, is there anything yeah. you, you want more of? And they're just like very kind and happy to support you yeah. know, what we're doing. And What's I think that's so nice. What's on there now? So it's nice. video. It's the video episodes. Yeah. We put our videos and we put, I, I sometimes I write some notes and stuff, you know, that's just for them. But So listeners, if you want video episodes, if you want to see what the, the, the incredible, gorgeous face behind these three voices, then I would join Anna's Patreon. I mean, that's the only way. There's literally no other reason (laughs) to how else are you going to ever know what any of us look like unless you Mm -hmm. join Anna's Patreon? Absolutely. I'm going to just start hiding my face on all my platforms. Yes, exactly. You're going to only be able to see it. Start wearing a ski mask. (laughs) You'll be able to see the background of my apartment. You were hyping my apartment. I'd not to brag but i do have parquet flooring so if you want to see awesome. the parquet flooring i'm um, really excited to come hang out it's, i'm in, to join it's, anna's patreon <laughs> <laughs> um so i want to know okay you're at patreon for three years yes. i want to know what it was that you like were you going to any open mics or anything or was the comedy you know or were you just making mm-hmm. a lot more videos obviously your your following grew so i know that that happened sure. over time but so when was what? it yeah. Well, the thing is, I started doing comedy in San Francisco by taking improv classes because when I was at Twilio and I mentioned that that company didn't feel like it was the best fit for me, I needed something to do that felt creative Mm -hmm. and like an escape from all the tech. Mm -hmm. It just was like, it felt like all tech all the time. Yeah. Oh my God. Like my friends were in tech. I was dating someone who worked at Twilio. It was just like nonstop tech all the time. (laughs) And so improv is like the opposite in a way, you know, right. So freeing, like so dorky, so whatever. And I was like, well, this is a way I can act as a hobby. Mm-hmm. This is a no stakes way to act. And I swear to God, I did improv level one um, with a man named Nish Tiwari, who's actually, I forced him to be my friend and now we're friends. And now he also lives in New York and <laughs> we're friends. Um, I saw him recently. There's proof. <laughs> he would He would agree. And we did an improv level one grad show. And I, I or my team or some scene that I was in got a laugh. And I was like, addicted. It was like a chemical. It was like, (gasps) like I couldn't believe how good that felt. Cause of course I had grown up acting on stage and you get a funny line here or there. Maybe you're even a comedic character, Mm -hmm. but 
the fact that like we were there to make people laugh and people showed up to laugh and then Mm -hmm. that shit happened. I was like, this is incredible. So I took every improv class I could. After I took all the classes, I formed a team with some friends and we started book rehearsing every week. We hired a coach. Then we started um, booking shows at a local venue. And so Mm -hmm. I was doing all this like after work. And then at the same time, I was making YouTube videos because I had picked up that video hobby while I was unemployed. But I didn't have it in me to keep making them every day like I was doing when I was unemployed. Because when I was unemployed, I said to myself, I'm going to make a one-minute video every day for 30 days. Amazing. Because I was like, then I'll get better. That You know, if you, mm-hmm. I, I felt like if I don't commit, I wasn't going to get any better. Mm-hmm. And so um, I couldn't do that anymore because of the paying job that was providing me with health insurance and fulfillment. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I turned to improv and then making YouTube videos, which I felt I could spend a lot longer on, you know, and yeah. um, be like more precious with and uh, not rush to get out every single day. So mm-hmm. that that all happened. And then the truth is stand up. I was still afraid, even though mm-hmm. I was on stage doing improv and writing and scripting these YouTube videos, it was like it didn't dawn on me that those are the two skills you need to do stand-up. Right. I was just like, oh, no, stand-up. I can't, I'm too scared for that. <laughs> I don't know why. I, I'd always wanted to try it. Mm-hmm. And then I um, I came up with like one, one joke that I thought was good enough for stand-up. And I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to try it. And the joke isn't even good. It was a joke about how I look like Anne Hathaway, but it's not just that I look like her. It's that People tell me that I seem like what they imagine she's like in real life, <laughs> which is not a compliment. And so that's what, what the joke was that I'm literally convinced it. me. It convinced me to get on stage. And so then I started doing, by the way, I was deeply busy during this period of right. time. I would not say this was like the healthiest thing that I ever did, but I would do um, – I would do open mics after work. We wound down the improv stuff, thankfully. So I had time to do open mics after work. Mm -hmm. And so I would try to like, you know, I'd stay late at the office, eat dinner there. I'd brush up on my set and then go right from there to the bar or whatever to do the show. And then I would go home. And then when the pandemic hit and I couldn't do any of that, I was squeezing in the joke writing and the video making, like I said, either in the morning. I would try to write. I would try to write and publish like two to three jokes a day. During the pandemic. I know. She's so precious about her tweets. I know this about you. Because mm-hmm. when we talked, I'm like, oh, girl, I fire off everything. <laughs> Literally, I'm like, I'm like, tacos for dinner. <laughs> I want to kill myself. Bye, sin. Like, no, sometimes. But that would be a hilarious tweet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad you're laughing. I, laugh. I, I mean, it. sometimes it just, uh, you know, I, I go back and edit. I'll delete stuff that I'm like, why did I write this? So who cares? No one, no one yes. needs this. Well, um, it's a fun platform you can use use it a lot of different ways. I, for me, it's nice to have that moment of like, I want to tell, I want you to enjoy this joke. Like whoever sees to whom it may concern, please enjoy Love Alexis, you know? There you go. Yeah. But that's how your tweets are. They are good jokes. You are, Thank she's, you. <laughs> she's a professional uh, tweeter. I should, is that a Thanks. thing? That's a thing. Anna's sure. uh, Anna just spills it all out. You know, I freely type sometimes. But and that's great. I, thank if you. If only I could have that reckless abandon, maybe <laughs> we would open up a whole nother level of comedy for me. I don't we'll, know. We'll hang out more. I'll, it'll well, let's off. hang out more. Exactly. Yeah. We should. We could like switch places for a day. Oh, God. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? Look at That'd those floors so I'd have. I'd have I such know. a tall ceiling. That's great. Oh, my God. I love it. Um, okay. And well, then I get a boyfriend, I think, right? Absolutely. I get yeah. a whole boyfriend out of it. A and whole a, boyfriend. I'm sorry. Though, it's a one bedroom apartment. Yeah, you get Bobby Flay. Where Hope, you like oh D&D. Hope you like D and D. Hope you like D. 
<laughs> yeah, that's what he's doing tonight. Uh, yeah. That's great. I have always wanted to try that. So maybe this is going to be a great Same idea. Same with Ellen. You, Me you know too. What? Uh, really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'll I mean, try that. Yeah. yeah. Maybe Ellen and Jared have next. a lot more in common than me and Jared at, at the end of the day. <laughs> They like uh, you. You like a lot of movies, a lot of D and D, a lot of you know similar stuff. Lord of the Rings, you you know, nerd stuff. (laughs) The list goes on. Um, But that's why we're all friends. No, we will all hang out. Um, I'm so glad you did this, and I think that it's amazing that you made the leap to like move to New York to Mm -hmm. pursue comedy. I think it's really cool. It was time to come home. I missed it. I missed it here. You can always move around. I mean, like, literally, I always say that. I'm like, nothing's super permanent. You could go back to California and do comedy or work in tech at any point that you feel like. I've always felt that way, and I'm actually really glad you said it because something that people would say to me a lot before I left my job was, oh, you're going to go and try to make it in comedy. And I always felt that that was sort of a mischaracterization of what was happening because Mm -hmm. I I love what I do now. And I am still obsessed with getting the laughs. Like, I just want to make as many people laugh as possible. Like, that's what makes me happy. That's what, like, makes me feel fulfilled. However, if that stops being true and I go back and I work at a tech company or I start a tech company or I start to advise some tech or whatever it is, Mm -hmm. that will be totally fine. That will not be a tail between my legs return, that Mm. will just be like a different choice. And that mindset has been very, very helpful to me because while the stakes are very high to me because I take my work seriously, it's not like, oh man, I better hustle so I don't have to go back to tech. You know, it's like, I could go back to tech. That was great. Great. I had a great time. Absolutely. (laughs) And I think it's really cool. You're finding a way to integrate both of those passions of yours with your podcast that you're still, you know, you're keeping these relationships, but it's light and it's funny and you're asking them Mm -hmm. questions they would never hear, which is good content. And we love to, you know, hear what, you know, someone has to say about ghosts uh, who (laughs) spends their days, you know, working on an app or something. Absolutely. Um, I think that's really cool. And I'm so glad that you were here. This was such a fun episode. This um, was a treat. Oh, my God. I was looking forward to this all day. Oh, me too. That's why I'm, I wore a nice top. I showered. You look, you look super nice. I, will, I I did. I so tried. I touched up a little my the, my background here, but <laughs> it's just there's not, there's not much that can be done. <gasps> um, tell everybody where they can find you, where they can read your beautiful tweets and uh, listen to your yes. great podcast. Oh, I would love to. I mean, I'm famously shy. Um, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at yay Alexis Gay. That's Y A Y Alexis Gay. There you can find my jokes and my short videos. And then my podcast is called Non Technical, and it's available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and all the other places you get your podcasts, probably, or on Twitter at Non Technical Pod. Yay! Yay! Thanks, Anna. Thank you. Ah, uh, that was such a fun episode. I love Alexis. I mean, she's great. I feel like she could, she could do any job. Really, she just seems yeah. like she'd be able to tackle like anything that came. She's in very front of motivated, her. very inspiring, very motivating. Like I yeah. really felt like I was like, yeah, I want to start a business. I meant it. I would invest. I would yeah. invest in her business. You know, or I'd have her consult. Yeah, totally. I yeah, totally agree. And I love that it was very different for our podcast where we really got a taste of like, no, she was really happy in this career and everything, but she felt this bug that she wanted to do comedy and she started doing the videos and stuff and it was fulfilling and it was just 
So she went for it and she's going for it and she's fucking hustling and going to mics in the middle of the day. And like, I'm like, damn, like, yeah, that's how you do it. Like you were, you were gung ho, you know, she worked her way to awesome jobs in the tech world and now she's working her way up in comedy. And yeah. And I, I hope love she takes us with her. <laughs> I, I want to go see her do some comedy now, actually. Yeah. That sounds like, yeah, I'd love to see it. And I thought she gave like kind of like two really great pieces of advice that I hope people take away, which is one when she was looking for, she wanted to move and she wanted to find a new job. She made that spreadsheet of like, who are these people that I know working for these companies? Mm-hmm. Like, that's a great piece of advice. Like work those connections you have. Like, even if it's like something totally random, that's a great piece yeah. of advice. And then I loved that she do you want to hear something funny actually when she said that um the other day i was looking all over my apartment for this letter that i need that's uh bobby flay's emotional support uh note from my old therapist and i cannot find the letter um we've given up i I need to be back in therapy and get a new letter i think that's what the universe is telling me (laughs) but i did find all of this old stuff from when i lived in l.a And Ellen, I didn't realize how much I had it together when I moved to L.A. I have a... I have like a a paper. I threw it out because none of these people work any of these places anymore. But I had this whole not a spreadsheet. Okay, I'm I'm not Alexis, but I'm this is the Anna version of that. But I had this big paper and my mom's terrible handwriting and it has like a bunch of names and I write like there's like a phone number and an email address and it's like mom's friend who is a producer worked on Planet of the Apes. Like this casting director I met at a workshop in New York City. This person my dad had dinner with like it was just like anyone and everyone in the business who I could possibly like connect with or schedule a meeting with or whatever on this fucking piece of paper there you go you were creating a LinkedIn profile IRL although if someone found it they'd be like is this a hit list is someone murdering (laughs) these people it's like all written all over the place it's not even it's not even a lined paper it's just free Yeah. Oh, I remember the second thing that like really stuck with me is when she, um, she, uh, interviewed for the position, the community management position and like had to redo her resume to do it. Like we keep on coming back to this. Like if she really wanted that position, she probably could have made it work. I mean, she got her foot in the door, you know? Yeah. And we, I was, it's funny because she kept being like, I didn't lie. I didn't lie. I want to be like, girl, we get close to lying and that's how you get the job. And if you're going to work hard and you're going to prove yourself, who the fuck cares what your resume looks like? You know? Exactly. I mean, it's, it's so, yeah. I want to read more resumes. Guys, if you're listening, this is a great way for me to say, send us some resumes. Okay. Send us like the first resume you ever had. I think those are fun too, to like, like, where did we start and like where we, yeah. you know, made it. Like my, I saw my, the, the other thing I found the other day, my acting resume. Oh, Anna, what did I put on there? It's, you know, uh, it, it was really fabricated for, you know, the times when I had very small roles. I'm like, this is a huge part in this episode. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's so funny to look at. But yeah, guys, send us your resumes. Also, I- I'll post all my resumes on Patreon if you want to see it. I, I want to post more there. I just want people to uh, to support us. And like Alexis said, no shame. It's an awesome place to have a you know a, po- a podcast up on because we're, we're making this for you and we can give you more. We can give you more shit if you like this shit. I don't say it as eloquently. She's like, you know, she was really selling the Patreon there. And I'm like, you want more stuff? <laughs> if you 
you appreciate us as creators and want to support us in our endeavors, you know, that's a great way to do it is to just support the Patreon. Yeah, I'll talk like that. I'll do an episode where I just talk. I say, sign the fuck up the whole time. Uh, Yeah, sounds good. (laughs) I'm going to lose people if I do that. Oh, my God. Um, No, but seriously, I appreciate you all being here. We're trying to get – we're on the road to 100. We are going to get to 100 episodes. It does help so much with the podcast if you leave a review. If you're like, Anna has a terrible Southern accent or like, Ellen's cat really does jump around the whole fucking apartment. Mm -hmm. Anything you want to (laughs) write, any review you want to write, as long as you give it five stars and you write anything, the weirder the review, honestly, the more exciting yeah. I think I will be uh, I will get yeah I love excited. hearing um like the most recent one is about loving Noah our a, a past a guest yeah. and I think that's really awesome too like if you like the guests that we've had on like tell us why yeah totally and you know what I did with that review I screenshot it and I sent it to Noah in a text Aww. and I was like thanks again for being on the podcast he was awesome right yeah he, had, he brought such a cool energy um, I love that. Well, you guys know where to find us. Anywhere you listen to podcasts, find us on Twitter. Find us on Instagram. Um, if you want to be on the show, I even said that on HQ the other night, Ellen. I said, if you want to call into my podcast, I would love to talk to the yeah. HQDs. I honestly would. I think it's so fun. You know, you can ask us anything you want about HQ. I mean, you know, to a degree. And then we can uh, chat about your employment life and, you know, where you're at. I, I love to get to know people. That's why I do this podcast. So, um, yeah, find us. Shoot us a message. And uh, until next time, uh, go make that money, baby. Go go get a, go get a job. <laughs> hire me to host a TV show. Bye. Bye. Right now, I just want to take a moment to thank everybody who has supported our Patreon. This is your shout out right here from me. Tons of love. And if you haven't checked out our Patreon, all of our videos go up there. Sometimes I just write fun things because I feel like it. And it's just a really nice way to support us at Unemployed. And, you know, so we can keep this thing going. We do it for nothing. We do it for fun. We do it for you to listen to. So definitely check out the Patreon. And right now, huge shout out to our patrons, Bill Horton, Chi of Steele, Danielle McCartney, Lori Jackson, Jeannie Logan, we got Joe Galati, Chris Arneson, Jordan Lucero, Oscar Yuen, Ken Levin, and Vic Terry. Thank you so much. You have no idea how much it means to us, and I appreciate you, and I see you, and I love you.